Hey y'all, this is Trent, and I am part of No Walls Worship. It's a good night. It is Friday night, Good Friday, and tomorrow is the crawfish boil, Easter Eve crawfish. It's been a it's been a really great week weekend already. Uh, I know the weekend's going to be pretty fantastic. But I'm going to roll through. I'm getting ready for for service tomorrow and getting ready for the message and. I'm going to roll through the message for tomorrow. And the title of this one is called uh, Church Words. And the church word we're digging into is saved. Church words saved. So here we go. Um, Words matter. I believe that language matters. And y'all, maybe that's an overly obvious statement, but let me, let me try something with you. Have you heard this phrase, caught red-handed? Have you ever used that phrase? Um, what if I told you if you've used that phrase, you've used a racist phrase? Vince and I were watching the show the other night. Um, one of the characters had called out her friend for using the phrase, caught red-handed. She said, that's a phrase that early American settlers used to use, and they used it disparagingly because they believed that all Native Americans were thieves. And in the show, the the guy who used the phrase, I mean, immediately he got embarrassed, and then his friend said, ha, <laughs> I'm just kidding. She made that up. And then she stopped for a minute and got quiet and said, wait, what if that is what it means? And then they both looked real concerned. And what if I told you that that's not the origin of that phrase at all, but instead it had come about in the early days of the Navy when sailors came ashore for a weekend and they would be going out on leave. They had to be checked by the medical examiner and the nurse would um, paint this red paint on the back of their hands and this paint was incredibly difficult to wash off. It would last the two or three days over the weekend while they were on leave. And it served this dual purpose. Like primarily, it would just let the Navy officers know that that sailor, when they returned, that they'd been checked. And uh, officers would know they'd been medically cleared. And if the, <laughs> if the sailor was to get into any trouble on shore, they had this red mark. And um, folks would know right away that they were Navy that they were held to more stringent rules and it was a it was a trouble deterrent caught red-handed and y'all even know if that's what it meant i i read that on the internet so let's try something else um i love podcasts do you love podcasts uh i bet you do and uh (laughs) you're listening to this Um, so anyway, I'm listening to this nerdy scientific podcast and they're talking about this thing called the Higgs boson. And I'm going to try not to mess up this technical description, but the, the Higgs boson in essence is, it's an elemental particle. It's, it's thought of as the universal particle that makes up all other particles and, and so it's it's what protons are made of, it's what neutrons are made of, electrons, all all matter would be made up of this Higgs boson particle. 
I'm guessing, I don't know if they're fourth or fifth graders listening to this, but they get it um, from fourth and fifth grade science. But scientists, um, this Higgs boson, they often call it the God particle, the thing that makes up all things. And it wasn't until 2013 that they could prove it at all, that it even exists. Up until then, it had just been a theory. Math said that this thing should exist, but they really couldn't figure out how to measure it. And I'm listening to this podcast, and, and they're describing it this way. They're, they said, think about this Higgs boson particle Think about it like fish. Think about how a fish swims through water. The fish really doesn't understand that they're in the water. They just are in it. It's just their environment. They don't understand that this water has a force over them. And to take it a step further, the nerdy scientific podcast would go on to say that it's actually the moving through of this Higgs boson field, this field of the God particle, it's the resistance um, moving through this field that gives matter, that creates matter um, as it moves through. And um, y'all, my brain lights up at ideas like this. I'm listening to this. It was a spring day. I'm listening to this podcast. I'm driving down Highway 71. I think I was I was headed towards Marble Falls, and we had just had a rain. So I remember the trees were bursting in that neon kind of green, and the sky was just that perfect shade of blue. And I'm looking at this one tree driving down the road. I catch sight of it, and its limbs are reaching up toward the sun, and I'm thinking, whoa. We, me and this tree, this tree and me, (laughs) we are made up of the same stuff. This tree, it's pushing its way through the Higgs field to grow up in that field. And I'm, and I'm pushing through this highway in my car. And y'all, even before I knew what a Higgs boson field was, I, I realized that me and this scientist We believe just about the very same thing. I believe that God is all around us in the church, in the field, moving between friends that are sharing a meal and that my life, that my relationship with the divine is about how I move through this world. And and then I really wonder, this scientist in me, this scientist that's trying to understand how the world works through math and science and is asking all kinds of interesting questions about the mysteries of the universe. And then me, I'm trying to understand how the world works and asking interesting questions about the mysteries of the universe through an ancient text called the Bible and the relationships I have in this no walls community. And I wonder, maybe, maybe this scientist and me, we are after the same things, just speaking a different language. I bring all this up because I believe really strongly that language matters. Language matters. 
and periodically at the snow walls service i've been doing an irregular series it's a an irregular series of messages called church words where where we'll look at a word that we used in church and i don't know if deconstruct is the right thing to say but um, we look at this word and i try to come at it and try to make sense of it so the word i want to look at today is saved i want to look at the word saved and y'all, I don't know if this is exactly an Easter message, and um, I don't even know if I know how to give a proper Easter message. I'm I'm not a pastor, you know, um, and and I'm not trying to tackle this theologically, but I, I do want to try to come at this word saved, and I think you need to know a little bit about my background and, and how I come at this word. Um, I, I grew up in church, not just in the church. My family was the church. My uncle was the pastor, my dad, the associate pastor and school administrator. My mom was the pianist. And for a minute, she was also a kindergarten teacher. And we, we use this phrase saved and salvation. And I don't know if your tradition used it as much um, as we did, but we'd even go knock on doors. And I'm talking like me as a youth, I'm 11, 12, 13 years old, knocking on doors, asking moms with babies on their hips, retirees who were there during the day, knock on the door and asking, are you saved? And we actually ask it this way. Do you know, um, do you know if you died tonight that you would go to heaven? And the implication was that when your heart stops beating, when your neurons stop firing, you are going to wake up either in the good place or in the hot place. And, and so this word saved has some of that connotation. It's loaded with context, and um, I want to try to reapproach it today. So here's the plan. Um, I have three quick passages, uh, three quick passages that talk about saved and I think three meanings to extract and, and then we're going to try to make sense of how we can approach this word saved. All right. Passage one, Matthew, Matthew chapter one, verse 20, verse 20 and 21. Verse 20 says, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, these are quotes, the angel saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people. Okay, uh, this is Joseph. Joseph falls asleep, he has a dream, and he finds out he is going to have a son through, <laughs> through highly unconventional means. He will name him Jesus. The word for Jesus in Hebrew is Yeshua. Yeshua equals Jesus. And Yeshua, you may have guessed it, means to rescue, to deliver, to save. To save but more literally, 
Yeshua is Yah, Y-A-H. Yah is salvation. And Yah, Y-A-H, Yah is God. So this name Jesus literally means God is salvation. Not the sun God or the wind God, not Zeus, the universal God that is behind and in between all things. Stay with me here. God is salvation. Now, this would have been a controversial way to start this book. Matthew 1, chapter 1, God is salvation. The context of this book is a time when the Romans had destroyed the temple, and, and much of Matthew is about creating new order. And when <laughs> this is a time when the Caesar of Rome was calling himself the Savior of the world, a big capital S Savior. And even the Roman soldiers, one translation of their title is saviors. <laughs> so here's what you have. Um, a, a government, a political leader calling himself the savior. It's like, um, I do, <laughs> I don't know if you watch The Walking Dead. I watch The Walking Dead and uh, I like that show a good deal. And in the last couple of seasons, the bad guy of the show has been this character called Negan. And he, he leads this group that is trying to bring order to the post-zombie apocalypse world. And the, 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 <laughs> he's trying to bring order, except the, the way that they're bringing order is that they are, they're bringing order through force and they're killing anybody who gets in the way. And Negan calls his group the saviors. Now, everybody in the show that's not one of the saviors and understands that they are not saviors. Everybody watching the show understands that they are not saviors, that they are the wrong kind of saviors. So in Matthew 1, we have a walking dead situation happening. This oppressive political power is saying, we are salvation. And from jump, the line is no. Yeshua, Yah, God is salvation. Passage two. This is um, John, and it's the Passover story. I'm going to John 12. Yeah, John 12, and I'm just going to read verses 12 through 13. The next day, the news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem swept through the city. A large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and went down the road to meet him. They pushed into the road and they shouted, Hosanna! Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hail to the King of Israel. So by this time, um, Jesus, Yeshua, he had a reputation. He was famous, and he was word-of-mouth famous, not U.S. Weekly famous. It's ima Imagine, it just, I mean, this is crazy. Imagine that without a Facebook event, without an Evite, thousands of people would show up to hear him teach. He was dynamic. 
and imagine these people pushing towards the ro- towards the road. There were these rumors that he'd he'd healed people, that he'd even brought a guy back to life, and and here this guy comes riding into town, and y'all, there was a fervor, there was madness there was energy in the streets crowds pressed in to see him to catch a glimpse and they shouted hosanna and this word i bet you can guess it this this word means help us and more literally it it translates save now save now and y'all i don't i don't think we have to stretch our thinking too far to empathize with this crowd, um, this crowd under uh, political oppression, the poor, the widowed, the the homeless, the the rejects of society, pressing in, saving, saying, "Save now!" I don't think we have to think too far to understand how these folks were feeling. That they must have felt deeply that whatever and whoever was in charge, the direction the world was going was not working. And they were longing for someone to come along and save them. Hosanna, help us. Save now. There was urgency around it. I was I was visiting with my friend, you know, Matt. And Matt and I were talking about trouble in the world. You know, the the things with complex political divisions, the kind of trouble where you can't even begin to imagine the darkness and the hurt that creates these kind of kinds of tragedies. Packages exploding, kids shooting kids, governments stealing our data to influence our votes. And we got to the end of it and he said simply, come Lord Jesus. And y'all have heard people say that before, um, but I don't, I don't know that I really understood it until now. Come, Lord Jesus, that this phrase is almost just a beautiful and simple acknowledgement that I don't have any answers. <laughs> the system's not working. We're not going to fix this on our own. And all we can really ask for is help. Passage three. And I'm going to go into Luke. This is Luke 19, and this is the, the story of Zacchaeus. Here's how it goes. Um, read 1 through maybe 10. All right. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region. I guess that means he was the, the main one, the, the best. I don't know. And Zacchaeus had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass by that way. Verse 5, when Jesus came by, y'all want to, I want y'all to see this. Y'all, when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus in this sycamore tree and he called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick man, come on down. (laughs) I must be a guest in your home today. 
Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and in great joy. But all the people who saw what was happening, they were mad. He was, this is the people talking, he has gone to be the guest of Zacchaeus. They grumbled. People didn't like Zacchaeus. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Here, here's verse nine. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this house today. For this man has shown himself to be the true, a true son of Abraham. Okay. A few quick things. One, the sycamore tree is significant. Have y'all ever seen hieroglyphics, some Egyptian hieroglyphics, thousands of years old, the writing, the writing on the walls, pictures on the walls. The trees you saw in those drawings were often of sycamores. The sycamore drawing was symbolic. It came to be symbolic of all trees and it carried even more weight than that. It, 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 it all, almost, it represented all nature it was symbolic of all of life. The nature of the universe represented in this growing sycamore tree. Um, you can almost imagine the sycamore tree pushing through the Higgs boson field. But little Zacchaeus, he's a bad dude. Uh, he's He's gotten rich as a tax collector, taking advantage of other people and they say he's little and he can't see over and he's probably unattractive and maybe he's got a big mole on his nose. I don't know. But Zacchaeus ain't got no friends. Zacchaeus climbs into the sycamore tree. He climbs into the essence of life and it's there where he's searching for something. He wants to see something. I don't even know what he's trying to see, but it's here as he's trying to see that he is seen. The rock star, the word of mouth famous Yeshua sees him and looks up and calls him by name. And y'all, I, I know you understand this craving, what it, what it feels like to really be seen. I... I Think it's something we all want is to be known and to be understood and what do you say you know you think about your closest friends the the people you want to spend your vacations and lazy weekends with I know from with mine I hang out with them because it's easy I can just be me and they see me and I see them and when Zacchaeus is Seen when Jesus invites himself over to hang out at his house. I love this that unprompted he he just starts spilling. I'm gonna do better. <laughs> I'm gonna make restitution for all that I've done wrong. And and Jesus says without a word about his confession, Jesus says, Salvation has come to this house today. And what I want you to see is this verb conjugation. I know, I'm a nerd. This verb conjugation has come. Salvation has come. It's, it's strange in English, but it's even more strange in the original language. The essence that is trying to 
come across here is that salvation that has come was already there. In the moment, there was no before and there was no after. It just was and is. Salvation was reaching back into time and rescuing the past. And at the same time, it was laying a promise for the future. But Zacchaeus had to say yes to it. Now, what, what does all this mean? The Higgs boson and the Palm Sunday story, Hosanna, Yeshua, God is salvation, and this personal story of salvation of Zacchaeus. What I'm proposing to you tonight, today, is that saved, to be saved, for salvation to have come, there, there is a moment of simultaneous rejection and a moment of acceptance. Let's talk about rejection. Your, your president will not save you. The U.S. government will not save you, and I salute the flag. I don't care how you feel about Donald Trump, but I will tell you that there was some messy stuff in 2016, and there was some messy stuff in 2010, and there was some messy stuff in 2020, and there will be in 2024, and there was some ugly, messy, nasty stuff 2,000 years ago in Roman times at the time of Jesus. Your president will not save you. Your job will not save you. I like my job. I like my company. I hope they keep paying my money, paying me money because I like money a lot. But I know that the moment that they can teach a robot to do what I do, I will either be taking a pay cut or learning to be nice to the robot. <laughs> my job, your job will not save you. Your things um, your things are not going to save you. For me, my things I'm talking about, I, I get, I get really into gadgets. I love gadgets, technology. Y'all, I just ordered these doorbells. They've got a video camera on them. And when someone walks up, it, it dings right away. It's got motion detection and it starts recording and then, <laughs> and then I can get alert on my phone and I can even talk to the person through the phone, through the doorbell. And, Tell the Mr. Amazon package delivery guy, <laughs> hey, just leave it on the porch. Um, I've been excited about ordering these doorbells, and then I was excited about them to arrive, and now I'm excited for someone to actually ring the doorbell so I can try it out. But here's what I know. There's going to be a version 3 of this doorbell, and I'm not going to be excited about my version 2 doorbell anymore. My things, your things, will not save you. And y'all, this is a tougher one. Even your spouse will not save you. I love my wife. Um, my life is 1,000, 1 million, in a million different ways. It's better because of her. But my wife will not save me. She has stuff, you know? She has flaws, stuff to work out, minor things, micros <laughs> microscopic flaws. But she's got stuff just like I do, and I can't look at her to save me. When we put that much pressure on any relationship, they begin to break down. 
your relationship will not save you. So these are the things I'm saying no to. What am I saying yes to? What are we accepting? First, you were created, and I don't mean for that word to be loaded, two unique sets of DNA came together and made you. No matter how you slice it, if you just start to think of all the things that had to go right for you to be, for you to be here and to be here, you can't help but be overwhelmed. And you are aware. You have a beautiful mind. You can think. And you are, you are even aware that you are aware. And now that I've said that, you are aware that you are aware that you are aware. Wow. <laughs> and your mind is amazing. It's, it's flexible and it's malleable. And you can use this incredible gift called willpower to change. In a moment, you have the power to change the course of your life, the way you think about things. It's incredible. And you have talents. You have gifts. You have this unique set of things that when you do them, they make you come alive. And when you tap into these gifts, not only do you feel good, but it's tapping into these things that make you feel good, that create good in the world. And you are kind. You are, you are literally wired for empathy. You have this thing in your brain called a mirror neuron that helps you feel what other people are feeling. It's, it's the reason why you yawn when other people yawn, and it's why you cringe when you see a mother at the busy grocery store struggling with her toddler. These are the things that you're accepting. And what you're saying yes to is that there was a man that we call the Son of God, born 2,000 years ago, a man named Yeshua, God is salvation, that was so dialed into these things that he was able to look in kindness and empathy and love on even the tax collector, even on those that were despised in society. You're saying yes to a man that faced the deepest and darkest of troubles, that literally marched to his own death, was beaten, humiliated, spit on, rejected, and treated even he treated even his tormentors with both mercy and grace. You were saying yes to a man that showed his friends his scars. He held up his hands and he showed his friends his wounds and he said this, this right here is where my strength comes from. This is what you're saying yes to. To me, this is what it means. <laughs> to me, this is what saved means. Saying no to the things that aren't working. 
and we know won't work and saying yes to the one thing that I know will. And this is why I need this in my life. This is why I need No Walls Worship. This is why I need you in my life. This is why I need a community like you. Because it seems like every day I forget. I forget that my gadgets, my job, my president, my circumstance won't save me. I forget about the graces and strength of Jesus and the beauty and blessing of this life. And I need you to remind me. This has been fun. Um, Thanks for listening. Happy Easter.